complete works of swami vivekananda 12th session today 11th session yesterday we have seen we had started buddhism in india today is the second session of buddhism in india 12th session overall complete works of swami vivekananda om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om shri ganeshaya namaha dr krishnamurthy shastri dambe punacha karnataka india so yesterday we have been seeing the any scriptures they make us a slave 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 every action uh, once drinking eating hmm, he must eat under regular method this prayer with the first morsel this prayer with the second that prayer with the third and that prayer when he drinks water just think of that thus from day to day heat it goes on and on but they were thinkers they knew that this would not lead to a real greatness so they left a way out for them all after all they found out that all these regulations are only for the world and the life of the world as soon as you do not want money and you do not want children no business for this world you can go out entirely free vittaishana and putraishana and daraishana if you leave all these yeshanatraya then you can go out entirely free those that go out thus were called sanyasins people who gave uh, who have given up they never organized themselves nor do they now they are a free order of men and women who refuse to marry who refuse to possess property and they have no law not even the vedas bind them they stand on the top of the vedas they are at the other pole from our social institutions they are beyond caste they have grown beyond they are too big to be bound by these little regulations and things only two things are necessary for them they must not possess property and must not marry if you marry settle down or possess property immediately the regulations will be upon you but if you do not do either of these two you are free they were the living gods of the race and 99% of our great men and women were to be found among them in every country real greatness of the soul means extraordinarily extraordinary individuality and that individuality you cannot get in society it frets and fumes and wants to burst society if society wants to keep it down that soul wants to burst society into pieces and they made an easy channel they say well once you get out of society then you may preach and teach everything that you like we only worship you from a distance so there were the tremendous individualistic men and women and they are the highest persons in all society if one of those yellow clad shaven heads comes the prince even dare to remain seated in his presence presence he must stand the next half hour one of these sanyasins might be at the door of one of the cottages of the poorest subjects glad to get only a piece of bread and he has to mix with all grades now he sleeps with a poor man in his cottage tomorrow he sleeps on the beautiful bed of a king one day he dines on gold plates in king's palaces the next day he has not any 
food and sleeps under a tree society looks upon these men with great respect <coughs> and some of them just to show their individuality will try to shock the public ideas but the people are never shocked as long as they keep to these principles perfect purity and no property these men being very individualistic they are always trying new theories and plans visiting in every country they must think something new they cannot run in the old groove others are all trying to make us run in the old groove forcing us all to think alike but human nature is greater than any human foolishness our greatness is greater than our weakness the good things are stronger than the evil things supposing they succeeded in making us all think in the same groove there would be there we would be no more thought to think we would die here was a society which had almost no vitality its members pressed down by iron chains of law they were forced to help each other there one was under regulations that were tremendous regulations even how to breathe how to wash face and hands how to bathe or bath how to brush the teeth and so on to the moment of death and beyond these regulations was the wonderful individualism of the sanyasin there he was and every day's new sect was rising rising amongst the amongst these strong individualistic men and women the ancient sanskrit books tell about their standing out of one of one woman who was very quaint queer old woman of the ancient times she always had some new thing sometimes she was criticized but always people were afraid of her obeying her quietly so there were those great, great men and women of olden times and within this society so oppressed by regulations the power was in the hands of priests in the social scale the highest caste is that of the priest and that being a business i do not know any other word that is why i use the word priest it is not the same sense as in this country because our priest is not a man that teaches religion or philosophy the business of a priest is to perform all these minute details of regulations which have been laid down the priest is the man who helps in these regulations he marries you to your funeral he comes to pray so at all the ceremonies performed upon a man or a woman the priest must be there the society in the society so in society the ideal is marriage everyone must marry it is the rule because prajatantum ma pyavachetsi that is you should not break up the uh, generations hmm? it is the rule without marriage man is not able to perform any religious ceremony like uh, yajna yaga etc sacrifices he is only half a man he is not paripurna or complete without a wife he is not competent to officiate hmm? even the priest himself cannot officiate as a priest except he marries half a man is unfit within society now the power of the priests increased tremendously the general policy of our national law givers was to give the priests this honor they also had the same socialistic plan you are just ready to try that check them from getting money what was the motive social honor mind you the priest in all countries is the highest in the social scale so much so in india that the poorest brahmin is greater than the greatest king in the country by birth
he is the noble man in india but the law does not allow him ever to become rich but the law does not allow him ever to become rich the law grinds him down to poverty only it gives him this honor he cannot do a thousand things and the higher is the caste in the social scale the more restricted are its enjoyments the higher the caste the less the number of kinds of food that man can eat the less the amount of food that man may eat the less the number of occupations he may engage in to you his life would be only a perpetual train of hardships nothing more than that it is a perpetual discipline in eating drinking and everything and all penalties which are required from the low, lower caste are required from the higher 10 times more the lowest man tells a lie his uh, fine uh, his fine is 1 dollar a brahmin he must pay say a 100 dollars for he knows better but this was a grand organization to start with later on the time came when they these priests began to get all the power in their hands and at last they forgot the secret of their power poverty poverty was the power secret of their power they were men they forgot that they were men whom society fed and clad so that they might simply learn and teach and think instead of that they began to spread out their hands to clutch at the riches of society they became money grabbers to use your word the and uh, forgot all these things then there was the second caste the kingly caste the military actual power was in their hands not only so they have produced all of our great thinkers and not the brahmins it is curious all our great prophets almost without one exception belong to the kingly caste the great man krishna was also of that caste rama he also and all our great philosophers almost all sat on the throne sat on the throne hence came all the great philosophers of renunciation from the throne came the voice that always cried renounce these military people were their kings and they also were the philosophers they were the speakers they, they are called rajarshis they were called they were the speakers in the upanishads raja and rishi that is king and seers in their brains and their thought they were greater than the priests they were more powerful they were the kings and at the priests got all the power and tried to tyrannize over them and so that uh, so that was going on political competition between the two castes the priests and the kings another phenomenon is there those of you that have been to here and first uh, lecture already know that in india there were there are two great races one is called the aryan the other the non aryan it is the aryan race that has three castes but the whole of the rest are dubbed in one name shudras no caste they are not aryans at all many people came from outside of india and they found the shudras there the aborigines of the country however it may be these vast masses of non aryan people and the mixed people among them they gradually became civilized and they began to scheme for the same rights as the aryans they wanted to enter their schools and their colleges they wanted to take the sacred thread thread of the aryans they wanted to perform the same ceremonies as the aryans and wanted to have equal rights in religion and politics 
like the aryans and the brahmin priest he was the great antagonist of such claims you see it is the nature of the priests in every country they are the most conservative people naturally so long as it is a trade it must be it is to their interest to be conservative so this tide of murmur outside the aryan pale the priests uh, were trying to check with all their might within the aryan pale there was also a tremendous religious ferment and it was mostly led by this military caste there was already the sect of jains who are a conservative force in india even today it is a very ancient sect they declared against the validity of the scriptures of the hindus the vedas they wrote some books themselves and they said our books are the only original books the only original vedas and the vedas that now are going on under that name have been written by the brahmins to dupe the people and they also laid the same plan you see it is difficult for you to meet the arguments of the hindus about the scriptures they also claimed that the world has been created through those books and uh, they were written in the popular language the sanskrit even then had ceased to be a spoken langu- language it had just the same relation to the spoken language as latin has to modern italian now they wrote all their books in pali and when a brahmin said why your books are in pali they said sanskrit is a language of the dead in their methods and manners they were different for you see these hindu scriptures the vedas are a vast mass of accumulation some of them crude until you come to where religion is taught only the spiritual now that was the portion of the vedas which these sects are all claimed to preach then there are three steps in the ancient vedas first work second worship third knowledge work worship and knowledge karma upasana and jnana when a man purifies himself by work and worship then god is within that man he has realized he is already there he only can have seen him because the mind has become pure now the mind can become purified by work and worship that's all salvation is already there he, we don't know it therefore work worship and knowledge are the three steps by work they mean doing good to others that has of course something in it but mostly as to the brahmins work means to perform these elaborate ceremonials killing of cows and killing of bulls killing of goats and all sorts of animals that are taken fresh and thrown into the fire and so on now declared the jains that is no work at all because injuring others can never be any good work and they said so they said this is the proof that your vedas are false vedas manufactured by the priests because you do not mean to say that any good book will order us to be killing animals and doing these things you do not believe it so all this killing of animals and other things that you see in the vedas they have been written by the brahmins because they alone are benefited it is the priest only who pockets the money and goes home so therefore it is all priest craft it was one of their doctrines that there cannot be any god the priests have invented god that the people may believe in god and pay them money all nonsense there is no god there is nature and there are souls and that is all 
souls have got entangled into this life and got round them the clothing of man you call a body now do good work but from that naturally came the doctrine that everything that is matter is vile they are the first teachers of the asceticism if the body is the result of the impurity why therefore the body is vile if a man stands on one leg for some time all right it is a punishment if the head comes up bump against a wall rejoice it is a very good punishment some of the great founders of the francis franciscan order one of them saint francis were going to a certain place to meet somebody and saint francis had one of his companions with him and he began to talk as to whether the person would receive them or not and this man suggested that possibly he would reject them said saint francis that is not enough brother but if when we go and knock at the door the man comes and drives us away that is not enough but if he orders us to be bound and gives us a thorough whipping even that is not enough and then if he binds us hand and foot and whips us until we bleed at very poor at every pore and throws us outside in the snow that would be enough <laughs> these same ascetic ideas prevailed at that time these jains were the first great ascetics ascetics but they did some great work don't injure any and do good to all that you can and that is all the morality and ethics and that is all the work there is and the rest is all nonsense the brahmins created that throw it all away and then they went to work and elaborated this one this one principle all through and it is a most wonderful ideal how all that we call ethics they simply bring out from that one great principle of non injury ahimsa and doing good satkarma this sect was at least 500 years before buddha and he was 500 and 50 years before christ the dates of the jaina and buddha were not known accurately in those days now the whole of the animal creation they divide into five sections the low, lowest have only one organ that of touch the next one touch and taste the next touch taste and hearing the next touch taste hearing and sight and the next the five organs the first two the one organ and the two organ are invisible to the naked eye and they are they are everywhere in water a terrible thing killing the killing these low forms of life this bacteriology has come into existence in the modern world only in the last 20 years and therefore nobody knew anything about it they said the lowest animals are only one organ touch nothing else the next greater were also invisible and they all knew that if you boiled water these animals were also uh, all killed so these monks if they died of thirst they would never kill those in these animals by drinking water but if a monk stands at your door and you give him a little boiled water the sin is on you of killing the animals and he will get the benefit they carry these ideas to ludicrous extremes for instance in rubbing the body 
if he bats he will have to kill numbers of any animal animal kills so he never bats bats he gets killed himself <laughs> he says that is that is all right life has no care for him he will get killed and save life hmm. these jains were there there were various other sects of ascetics and while this was going on on the one hand there was the political jealousy between the priests and the kings and then these different dissatisfied sects were springing up in everywhere and there was the greater problem the vast multitudes of people wanting the same rights as the aryans dying of thirst while the perennial stream of nature went flowing by them and no right to drink a drop of water and that man was born the great man buddha most of you know about him his life and in spite of all the miracles and stories that generally get fastened upon any great man in the first place he is one of the most historical prophets of the world two are very historical one the most ancient buddha and the other muhammad because both friends and foes are agreed about them so we are perfectly sure that there were such persons as for the other persons we have only to take for granted what the disciples say nothing more our krishna you know the hindu prophet he is very mythological a good deal of his life and everything about him is written only by his disciples and then there seem to be sometimes three or four men who all loom into one we do not know so clearly about many of the prophets but as to this man because both friends and foes write of him we are sure that there was such a historical personage and if we analyze through all the fables and reports of miracles and stories that generally are heaped upon a great man in this world we will find an inside core and all through the account of that man he never did a thing for himself never how do you know that because you see when fables are fastened upon a man the fables must be tinged with that man's general character not one fable try to impute any vice or any immortality to the man even his enemies have favorable accounts so let us continue this in the next session so this finishes the 12th session of complete works of swami vivekananda buddhism in india second session finishes third session of buddhism in india we will see in the next day uh, in the tomorrow thank you thank you one and all hare ram om tat sat